Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, how, how, just, how are you? <laughs> I, I was going somewhere completely different and lost it totally in the middle of that. That was like, you were still like my therapist. That's what that seemed like. That, it felt like you were. Do you have a therapist, by the way? I don't currently, no. I've had a therapist in the past, which, by the way, that's no, the best. Everybody should go to therapy. If you can like, afford it. I'm wondering. It, I, yeah. I can't afford it. But how, how do you do therapy? Like, how, like, like what, what, why is it good? It's good for many, many, many reasons. But the number okay. one reason, I would say, as a general rule, it's that whatever your set of issues is and everybody has one whatever your sure. set of things is that has caused you to become the person you are with the with the ups and downs and the lefts and the rights of your personality you don't really think about it right you don't like it's 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 almost impossible by definition to just sit down and go like what's wrong with me like why am i this way why do i do that you just ne- it never occurs to you to do it and then you go into a room with a trained professional and the professional says, how are you? In exactly the way that you just said it to me. And you go, well, I'm okay. I have this problem with uh, my brother where I, I, I had this bad experience with my brother. And they say, well, why? What happened? Tell me about it. And you just start talking about it. And then all of a sudden you are like analyzing with this person's help. You're analyzing your behavior and you're trying to uncover the causes of it and you're trying to get at why you do things and why certain things that other people do rub you the wrong way or cause you problems. And it's wonderful. And it's like, it's just like the most basic level of self-improvement and the, and you just never, it's not a thing you would ever do on your own because you don't have the tools to do it. And then so you go see a person who has the tools and then you do it. It's like the analogy that people use all the time, which I think is a good analogy, even if it's a little coarse, is, hey, if your car is making a funny noise, you take it to a mechanic. And <laughs> if your like, personality is making some weird, funny noises, you should take it to a mechanic and go find out what's wrong with your personality. That's I don't want to know. I just don't I just want don't to know what's wrong with You me. don't want to know? Well, well I, kind I kind of feel, feel like, like I, I do, do know, know already. already? Yes, yeah, that's, that's a trap, though. The, 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 the excuses, and I'm not saying you need therapy. I don't really know if you do or not, or whether you could benefit. <laughs> you <from> know. <laughs> but the things that people say to say, like, why they don't go to therapy is like, I kind of get what I'm I know why I'm this way. I get it. But like, I know you don't. You don't. I mean, even if you think you do, you don't. And you haven't thought about it the right way. My guess is you haven't thought about it the right way. And even if you have thought about it the right way, it, you could still benefit from like going and hashing it out with someone. That's what I think. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to think about it. I can't afford it. But if, if I could afford it, I, based on your recommendation, do it. I, it's covered by – most of it is covered by insurance, at least for a while. If you have You're medical- really pushing this therapy thing, aren't you? You, you are very concerned about me. Yo, there's I'm, there's I'm gonna, definitely – I'm going to level with you. This entire <laughs> podcast – the like six years we've been doing this, the hundred whatever episodes we've done, it's been a long, slow play for me to get you to try therapy. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think that's probably true. <laughs> By the way, have you? All right, this is a total aside. Sorry. Have you ever done a massage? Have you ever had a massage? Oh, I I can't stand it. I hate. No, it. I I've never done it. I don't think I would do it. That's that seems like therapy. I've heard people push the massage thing much yeah. in the same way that you're pushing the therapy thing. That's funny. 
my wife uh, loves them. And, and it's always like, that's her, that's her like idea of like the most relaxing possible thing is to get a massage. And I okay. zero interest. Yeah. I don't Absolutely want it. Absolutely zero interest. I don't want that. I don't want anybody. No, just, no. Oh, I, I literally, I shudder. I was in, um, I was at the Olympics. So I'm trying to even think which Olympics it was. And they had like, like not even like a full fledged massage. It was like one of those, like. 15 minute, just kind of, you know, just your shoulders are tense kind of things. And uh, a couple of the writers were really pushing me to do it. Like they were, they were like, you need it. You need this massage. You just believe me, you'll feel better. And I just thought, man, this is like, it's like in high school, people trying to push drugs on you. That's kind of how I felt about it. (laughs) And I got to be honest, I get the same vibe from you on therapy. I'm just saying that you're that you're that you're pressuring me. Not trying to push it. Not try, I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to like you know. I and look. I I do believe that everyone could, could use some therapy and benefit from it. Like I, yeah, I think I at some level, everyone on Earth can benefit from it. And it's it's obviously like a, a little bit of a luxury financially. It's a little bit of a luxury, and like you have to have the time to do it and whatever. But I don't think that anyone would be worse off if uh, for trying it. That's my I would opinion. do therapy before I would do a massage. I'll tell you that <laughs> for sure. By the way, I'm very excited about uh, this week's draft because it's we're trying something completely new in that it is completely not new. I'll, right. I'll explain. All right. This is a unique draft this week because we are drafting something that we drafted four years ago. So, yeah. so, so to give you just a very quick backstory, we drafted four years ago. Things that everybody seems to like that we don't like. That is right. that is the, 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 the theme. And and because I am who I am, I completely lost it. I just lost it. I wasn't even one like I had like half of the the I had nothing. I literally lost the entire recording. You know what happened? Um, did you actually record it and then it got deleted or did you never record it? I, it, it, I don't remember. I don't remember specifically. I do remember that... At the end of it, I hung up the phone feeling good because I thought it was like our best draft and thinking that's great. And then looking and saying, I don't have anything. I've got nothing. So <laughs> I, you were standing I don't... naked in a field somewhere. <laughs> you didn't even have your phone anymore. Like, I, will is... say, I will say this to, to, to not, this is not in defense of anything. But back then, all the way four years ago, um, I had this incredibly intricate system to record because somebody had set helped me set it up, and it was like there was like a, a like several boxes and 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 like the, this thing that that you know I had a bunch of knobs on it like I was going to ever control the the bass or the treble or something, and then there was like a a separate uh, thing that recorded it and like there was it was pretty complicated, and my suspicion is that one of the wires just. I didn't connect it because I totally forgot or something. So right. it was like it would be harder for me to lose something now. It's not impossible, but harder for me to lose something now because it's a one-step process now. Right. I just hit record and it goes. So I'm I'm giving myself that. Anyway, great record. We we've been talking forever about redoing that draft, um, and so we're going to do it. We're going to redo the draft. The draft is things everybody likes that we don't like, and I don't even know that we've come to an agreement. Do we have to take the same things that we took four I, years ago? I don't think we have to, but I'm going to because I because I did I I feel like <laughs> what was really fun about this draft was that 
it was very interesting to, to see how like our, our like picks kind of, they were, none of them were the same, but they kind of intersected in a certain they did way, intersect. which I thought was interesting. But again, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. Well, I, there, I am going to, I am going to follow the, the path of, of what I did four years, four years ago, but I am going to throw in like a couple of other things, like sort of separate that, that have come on since then. So sure. I've got the first pick, I believe. Um, and I'm going to take exactly my first pick from, from four years ago. This is things that everybody seems to love that I don't love or that we don't love. Um, and, and my first pick is the Lord of the Rings. Uh, that was my first pick four years ago. I don't have any qualms whatsoever with anybody who loves Lord of the Rings. I, I salute you. I, I find that it's obviously, we're talking about the movies um, as much as the books. They're obviously beautifully made. Uh, you know, huge, huge fans. I, I get it. I get why you love entering this whole world. I don't, I don't, it's, it's, I don't get it for me personally. I don't get it. And, and I had this moment, uh, and this is absolutely true where I was watching Lord of the Rings, the first one, which I don't know what is Lord. Of the, are they all called Lord of the Rings? Is it like the trilogy is called Lord of the Rings. The, right. The, what was the first movie called? Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. Whatever. Lord of the Rings. And, and we're watching the first movie and with my wife, my wife sort of gets it more than I do. She's not a huge fan, but she gets it a little bit. We're watching it, and five minutes into the movie, I turned to her and I said, I have no idea what's going on. I'm totally lost. Five minutes into the movie, like, is there a ring? Where's the ring? Like, I thought the point was a ring. So I had no idea what was going on right away. Never made it to the end of that movie because I was so lost after five minutes. I'm sure it's not that complicated. I do get yeah, like I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Like I, I'm not like opposed to fantasy. I'm 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 a big fan of the uh, of the King Killer Chronicles, uh, which by the way it was just announced that uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is going to be bringing that to television. Very excited about that. Um, so I don't I get, but I don't get Lord of the Rings at all. Not even a little bit. I I don't know if I said this to you four years ago, but I kind of I don't buy this. Like. I, <laughs> Not that I think you're. Li- I don't think you're lying. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I don't think you're lying, but I also don't buy that you didn't know what was going on. It's not like you had never seen a science fiction or fantasy trilogy before. <laughs> like you know how these things are paced. You know that like the story is going to be. This is the first of three movies. You're telling me that five minutes into the first of three movies, you were like, "I give up." Like that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't square with who I know you are and what kind of like brain you have. I don't. Maybe this is why I need. I kind of feel like you just like didn't want to like it or didn't care or whatever. I I did try to read the books and was completely lost. I never got into the books at all. Uh, And by the way, is the Hobbit part of this? Is it like a separate thing? Like I don't. Was a children's book that he wrote that really when you read the Hobbit, it's really for kind of for kids. Okay, the Lord of the Rings is not for kids. Sort of fairy tale, and then. He took certain ideas from The Hobbit and then wrote a much more, com- far, far, far more complex uh, adult, you know, meant for grown-ups trilogy of which okay. Lord of the Rings. But the characters from The Hobbit are in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay, I, I, I like I said, I don't know, I don't know. I and 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 yes, I'm not going to tell you I went in to the Lord of the Rings movie with the best uh, attitude. I don't think I did. Um, but I was lost. I just, at this point, I'm just like, didn't like, there were too many people and things and, 
I, I look, I'm this is on me. I'm taking this on. I'm not saying that anybody should not like Lord of the Rings. I'm just telling you, I don't get it. I get it, man. Look, that's what this draft is all about. And <laughs> and we're, this draft is like we're not trolling people. No, we're no, like, we're not to like going on message boards and saying the thing you love stinks. We're just saying these are things that we that everyone loves that we don't love. And to that end, I I can beat you with my number one pick, which is Bruce Springsteen. It says this breaks my heart. I know, I know, man. Listen, I'm with you, and <laughs> and I said this four years ago. I want, I've always wanted to love him. I've always wanted because the people who love him, like you, love him so deeply and so yeah. passionately, and because he makes a kind of music that I should love, and he. <laughs> A lot of people who love him are musicians that I love. A lot of people who sing the gospel of Bruce Springsteen are my like musical heroes. The the fervor with which my closest friends have followed his career and have like rooted for him and have been so happy when they go see him is something that I wish I had. I wish I cared about, and I just can't get there. I believe a large part of this is the saxophone. <laughs> I hate the saxophone as an instrument. I think it's the lamest instrument. And there is a saxophone, as you well know, in essentially every Bruce Springsteen song. Especially the older stuff, yeah. Right. So whenever I would like be, someone would say, you should, you got to hear this Bruce Springsteen song. I would listen to it. And about two and a half minutes in, there's your saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) And it would be like... Uh, God, I get it. Just, I get it. There's a saxophone. So, you know, I, I, I wish this is not like a, uh, I, I take no joy in saying this. I, I believe that he is an American hero. I believe that he's a great songwriter. I believe that his live shows are the best live shows that anyone could ever possibly see all the, all that stuff. I totally believe you. I just, except with a few exceptions, a few songs here and there, I just can't connect to his music, and it makes me sad. I, I don't remember last time you ranting about the saxophone. Like I don't, I don't remember last time like you blaming your dislike. I wouldn't call it dislike. Just just this, this inability to love Bruce on Clarence Kemp. Clarence I'm not saying Bruce. that's the whole thing. I'm not saying that's the whole thing at all. I'm saying that's that's one of the factors that has it's been one a fact. barrier of entry to me. I will also say, much less important, you gotta admit that calling a fastball a speedball is really yeah, that's uh, that's it breaks my heart. You're right. No, you're right about that. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so so I have said this. There are not there are not a thousand people in the in the country who are bigger Bruce Springsteen fans than I am. Right. I mean, there there probably are nine hundred and fifty because they just are. The, the rest of them are tied with me. Like all of the big, huge Springsteen fans, we're tied. They're, we, we're not. We're not trying. Okay, but I'm a gigantic Bruce Springsteen fan. He, just enormous. Write about him constantly. Listen to him constantly. Love him for everything he is. I wrote the speedball thing. I wrote that it's horrible. It's in Glory Days. He calls. Uh, he throw that speedball by you, make you look like a fool. And I wrote that it's it's horrifying. Okay. I have, I have received very angry emails from Springsteen fans, which hate, you know, that's, that's, 
that's Bruce on Bruce crime right there for those people to be coming after me like that. Sure. But I've also heard from songwriters. That's the one that gets me. Songwriters who tell me, no, Speedball has a much better rhythm. And it's a better, it's like he goes, what, what, a person who was a great guy sent me a great email, very, very nice man, and, and, and a songwriter. And he said, look, you know your business. I know my business. It had to be Speedball. I, I'm not buying it. I'm still not buying that's it. A, that's a crazy statement. There's no such thing as a speedball. There's no such thing There's as a, a speedball. Well, there is. Speed you can't say it has to be speedball. That is, <laughs> that no one has ever used speedball ever in any context except for that line in that song. That's garbage. That is a garbage argument. Yeah, you I, I'm with you. I'm, hey, I'm with you on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm brokenhearted about the Springsteen thing with you. I'm, you know, I... I but here's but here's my belief. Here's my belief, and I and I've written this many times. You don't you any there's no wrong musical taste in my view. In my view, whatever you like musically, you like. I, you should not have to defend your music. You're not telling me not to like Bruce Springsteen. You're just saying it doesn't work for you. I get it, and that's why with my second pick, I am picking Wilco, like I did four years ago. I want to love Wilco. There's not a person I know, including you. You're a big Wilco guy, aren't you? Huge guy. Huge Wilco fan, yeah. Yeah. Not a friend I know who I admire. Not a single one who doesn't love Wilco. There's not even, maybe one. I might have one friend who, like, is so-so on Wilco. Every other one, they don't just like Wilco. They love Wilco. I have in my house 10 Wilco CDs that friends bought for me. Because they were so angry that I didn't like Wilco. They're like, no, no, listen to this. Listen to the, this Foxtrot, whatever. Just throw <laughs> Wilco at me. Just throwing Wilco at me every minute of every day. And I don't get it. It's like, I don't, it's fine. It's, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's bad. It just, I'd never listen to it if it wasn't like, on you know i mean it's like if it's on the radio i'm not gonna like immediately turn the dial but and i've seen wilco in concert i saw them in in concert again not not intending to i was i was uh, dating my wife at the time and uh we, we were going to see somebody else and wilco opened for 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 them uh so i saw wilco in concert and at the same time i had the same feeling then i was like okay yeah they're fine they're fine they're there's nothing wrong with wilco but he, it is, it is unclear to me why people adore Wilco. Like it's unclear. Like there's all there, and most people, even people I don't like, like there's like, like some some various country, like old country music people that I might not personally love, but I get it. I'm like, okay, I, I see that. I don't get it with Wilco. Like Wilco sounds to me like they're fine. I I, I don't get it. So I, I, so that I, and I look, I take it on I, me. I, I think there's way. I think they're way, way, way better than fine. I will also okay. say that your lack of passion about Wilco is far more explicable than my lack of passion for Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I think Wilco has a, is a very specific kind of groove. Like they have a they have a kind of a vibe that isn't for everyone. I get that. Like I think they're great. I we had Jeff Tweedy uh, play a rock star on Parks and Rec in the final. Which was great. Which was great. And he was delightful, and we we went after him because he was like the favorite performer of many of the writers, not just on that show, but in like Hollywood. He's right, like right. Jeff Tweedy's a very big deal to a lot of writers. Yes, he because is I, because I love his because his he's a I think he's a wonderful writer, 
but also like I get it, man. I this doesn't this doesn't break my heart. I I think Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is the album you were referencing before. Yes. I think that just to me that's one of the great albums of my lifetime. I think that album is like from start to finish is like remarkable and and truly like special. And when I hear it. Anytime any of the songs comes on, for any reason, I am filled with a feeling of like joy and wonder. But I also totally get why another person wouldn't have that feeling. They have a very specific vibe. And, and, and if you don't link up with that vibe, that, that's not – I don't think you should be uh, castigated roundly castigated for not loving Wilco. I think but I am. Funny. I am. I went, I, by the way, once I was out in, in L.A. and hanging out – uh, as I will name drop this for for a very specific person, a uh, very specific reason. I was I was hanging out with Jeff Garland, and we went to a bookstore, and in completely just out of nowhere, he just said, "Wait a minute, you 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 tell me you don't like Wilco?" Like like literally out of no. I think he'd read something that I'd written that I didn't like Wilco, and he bought me Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It, and I told him I owned it. I said, no, no, don't. And he bought it for me again. He was so upset that I didn't like uh, that I didn't like Wilco. So, look, I get it. And by the way, Wilco, I don't know how hard you've tried with Springsteen, but I have tried with Wilco. I've tried. And I've, and I've gained what I would call an appreciation for Wilco. I mean, I think he's, he's a – the songs are, are good. They're the, he's a good songwriter and it's fine. It just doesn't do anything for me. I hear you, man. I got you. I got. I got you back on this one. Um, <laughs> I'm sure four years ago I screamed at you. I feel like I've probably mellowed. We both probably mellowed a we little. We both bit. have mellowed. I think. Uh, my number two pick is convertibles. Now convertibles, I feel extremely passionately about. Convertibles are the stupidest things in the world. They are the worst idea that mankind has ever had in any genre. In any in any time period, it's a worse idea than anything that's come before or since. I think if you're in a car. A car has two functions. A car gets you from point A to point B, and it keeps you safe from other things that are around you <laughs> as you're hurtling across the earth. A convertible says, "Hey, that's we're still going to get you from point A to point B, but how about this?" How about the smallest flying pebble could blind you? How about this? How about like the sun, which is a, which is a giant fireball in the sky, just bakes down on your neck and gives you skin cancer as you drive? How about that? How about if this car rolls over accidentally? How about you? It goes onto your head instead of onto the metal roof that other cars have to keep your head safe. Is that good? Oh, by the way, how about every sound? coming from every other car and motorcycle and construction site how about all of that noise just just pours into your car how about that how about when you listen to music the music just instead of going pleasantly into your ears how about it just flies up into space and not only you can't enjoy it but everyone else around you has to enjoy it be against their will how about that as an idea it is insane to me they should this is not a thing that should be legal this is a this is like the equivalent of saying like we're gonna build a skyscraper and on floors twenty seven to forty there is no windows it's just a, it's just open air and it's great because then you can see the sun more and you can like enjoy a breeze this is the craziest idea they're dangerous 
They're insane. They force your own like car behavior on everyone. They, they're the the if a thing can fly through the air and just hit you and knock you unconscious. It's it's insane to me. I there's a most not only the most overrated kind of car. Like the other thing about convertibles is that for some reason they have this place in like American and the American psyche is like that's some for some people it's like that's luxury, which I think is like a really old like fifties sixties idea. But it's also like that's what's fun. What's fun is you get a convertible in California and you go to the beach. That's a terrible idea. It's it's loud and unsafe and terrible, and the sun is trying to murder you with its rays. And and you will enjoy your experience less if you're in a convertible. I hate them. I will never ride in a convertible ever in my life. I hate them. I I believe this was the point. Uh, four years ago, where I asked you, so you've never driven in a car with just the sunroof open? No. Why <laughs> would you ever do that? That's why. Why would you do that? Seriously. Yeah. I, I, what is I, the point of cutting a hole in your in your roof? <laughs> it just make like if it's if the sun is out, it makes you hotter. If the sun right? is out, then what's the like? What is the point? I don't understand. It's so crazy. If you want to be outside, just be outside. But driving, driving is dangerous. People get hurt when they drive, and this, and like a convertible is like, it's like a thing that you, it's like someone dared you. It's like a dare. That's what it seems like to me. Is like I dare you to drive around the streets with no protection for your head. It's yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's it's bad. It's bad. I. I don't, there's no, you know what, I don't, here's the thing, and, and maybe this is the older that you get, because I, I will admit, until until you set me straight on this convertible thing, I, I had no particularly strong feelings about convertibles one way or another, but now as I get older, first of all, when you see somebody in a convertible, like, what's the first thought you're, you're thinking? Are, are they really in that convertible because they're like, oh, I just get to feel the wind in my hair. Or they're in that convertible because they're like, hey, look, I got a convertible. Oh, right? I mean, that's all. It's look at me. That's that's, what, that's me. what convertibles are. And that's another like that's another part of it is I feel like without without I don't want to make a sweeping generalization, but every single person on Earth who owns a convertible <laughs> jerk. <laughs> Convertible, that, that was my favorite part of the last draft, and it's my favorite part of this draft. Um, all right, my third pick, I'm going with uh, the Dunk as as totally everybody loves it. I don't love it. Uh, this has grown more true over the last four years, I will say. Um, everybody, like, goes so crazy when you see, like, a guy dunk over another guy. Like, that's... That's like the ultimate like sports center highlight, right? It's like you'll see the guy run up and then he jumps up and the other guy jumps up with him and then he just like slams the ball like over his head and everybody goes, ooh, in the crowd. They always show like those two guys high-fiving in the crowd like they did anything. And and that does not anything do anything for me at all. I just – it's – okay, that guy can really jump high. I get it. I that's Like I so prefer – like a sweeping like shot, like in the middle of the lane or something where you like, like, like 
there was I was watching video the other day of Jabbar, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and he, he was being guarded by um, by Will Chamberlain, and he went to the sky hook, which is unblockable. It's the greatest, most it's the most significant shot in the history of basketball, I think, because yeah. it was the most unstoppable shot ever. And everybody tried to block it, but he would just like he he was so crafty in the way he'd keep his arm out and like whatever. But Will Chamberlain decided to do something completely different. He stood like a like I don't know six inches, eight inches away from him, and just jumped straight up and tried to block it like at its apex. Like he wasn't even going to try to block it like close to him. He just figured, look, at some point it's got to come down to ten feet. I'm <laughs> going to block it at its apex, and the ball went like an inch over his finger i mean it was such a cool thing and i thought that's a thousand times more in your face to me than a than a than a dunk like if you could like do some sort of super cool layup where where you just get it like one inch over the guy blocking it like that's like so in your face that's like oh that's a dunk over a guy whatever i just it's fine i'm not I'm not saying that I, you know, want to go back to the days where you didn't have the dunk. The dunk is fine, and it's for some people, it's like this this creative form or whatever. It just doesn't do anything for me. I love the the three point shot. I love like moves in the lane where people are like doing all kinds of things, like turnarounds and 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 little half hooks and stuff. The dunk just doesn't do anything for me. Well, I'm with you on this. I don't really care about dunks either. What's interesting is in the four years since we did this the first time, the dunk is like second banana to the three. It is? You're right. You now have a guy. The the highlights on SportsCenter are now much more about crazy threes and like three after three after three after three. And And the most, except LeBron, the most famous and important person in the league is Steph Curry. And Steph Curry never dunks. He never, never dunks. Yeah, <laughs> he, he might once in a while, but but his the what Steph Curry's highlights are crazy deep threes and like like incredibly quick penetration layups, which are super fun to me. A, 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 to me, I always think like especially in college basketball, but in the pros too, the really like the really hard like dagger to the heart is when a team like you know picks off a pass. Like, you know, or, or there's a tipped ball and there's like a, a two on zero breakaway or a, or a, just a one man breakaway down to the other end. And instead of a thunderous dunk, it's just a casual layup. I think that's yeah. so much more that's so much rougher as a thing. It's just like do ba doop doo layup and then dog back. <laughs> I think that is way more of an of like a like like sort of confident uh, sticking it to the other team move than a big giant dunk. Like a big giant dunk, you're like, yay, congratulations, whatever. <laughs> but uh, like when when a guy like has a breakaway and just casually lays it up and then jogs back, it's just so devastating. I find that it is way more devastating than a giant dunk. Um, you know what? I, I saw something. Go ahead. I saw something really cool the other day. I was in a gym and there were a couple of of, of kids in high school. Kids, uh, tall, pretty tall kids. And they were and they were uh, just shooting around, and you could tell one or both of them could dunk. They're, I mean, they were they were of the height. Uh, they were clearly very athletic. I think they probably were high school players. I would imagine uh, they both could dunk. And you know what they were doing? They were they were they were taking turns, but they were feeding to each other. Not only shooting threes, but like shooting like instant threes, like like where you catch the ball and like almost hot potato it up. So like the ball is in your hand for like less than a half second. Like right. 
pass gets you, boom, and you shoot it, like, right away. And they were doing this over and over, and they were making a bunch of them. And I thought, man, that you want to talk about the, the impact of Steph Curry and the impact of the new NBA. That's the cool thing to do now. The cool thing to do is not like, hey, have let's have, like, a little impromptu dunk contest or whatever. Yeah. The cool thing to do now is like, hey, how many of these can you make where you don't even catch the ball? You just throw it in to the basket from three-point range without even – I mean, it was it was really interesting. So It's like Carl Anthony Towns. What did he do between his his rookie year and his second year? He didn't work on his dunks. No. He worked on his three. The guy shoots threes now. He's seven feet tall. Like I, that is that is absolutely the future. The future is it gets more like this and less like, you know, uh, less it's less Clyde Drexler and more Steph Curry. I agree, totally agree. Um, well, my third pick just passed in real life, and it's Thanksgiving. I uh, never liked Thanksgiving. I Ever. just don't just don't care for it. I the the things that everyone cites about Thanksgiving. In some ways, this is my m- most like on on point pick for this because I feel like. More people love Thanksgiving than love convertibles, right? Or Bruce Springsteen. Or Bruce Springsteen, or a lot of the other picks. And to me, I, I, it is absolutely inexplicable. I find it. I don't. My problems with it are manifold. I don't like the food. Let's start there. <laughs> I think the the Thanksgiving meal that people are so like fetishistically into, I think is kind of boring. I think turkey's pretty boring. Okay. And, and like tasteless. I don't like stuffing. Mashed potatoes are fine. Cranberries are kind of gross. Cranberries <laughs> are famously the most bitter, disgusting fruit. And in order to make cranberry sauce, you just take cranberries and add a bunch of sugar, which at that point, why not eat strawberries or something that just tastes better than cranberries? Uh, I, I like pie. I like the sweet potato pie. I like the pecan pie. But the actual dinner... I think it's kind of gross. And I also have a really significant problem with its proximity to Christmas and Hanukkah. It's a holiday where the whole point of it is like everybody gets together and the families get together and everybody shares this big meal. Then we do the same thing like four (laughs) weeks later. And I feel like if you could start over, if you'd like carte blanche, like lay out these holidays – you would not put Thanksgiving where it is at all. You would bright. You would put Thanksgiving in the first week of October or something, or like you would put it in in late January or or, or no, you'd put it in in March. You'd put it in early March <laughs> when when nothing is going on. But you wouldn't put it four weeks before we do the exact same thing. We get all of our friends and family together, and we have a big meal. And the meal is like ham. It's like the same vegetables and and like <laughs> ham. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's like and and when I moved to L.A., my family, my side of the family is all in the Northeast. For a while, we were like commuting twice. We were like every and but that's another thing. The travel is a nightmare. It's worse. The Thanksgiving travel is worse than holiday travel because holiday travel you can you can game the system a little bit, right? You can like. You can fly on Christmas Eve right, right. most places and get there in time for the celebration. Or you can fly on the 23rd or the 22nd or the 21st or whenever you, you can you can futz with it a little. Most people on thanks, for Thanksgiving, most people have to fly on Wednesday. Like you get you have to work Monday and Tuesday. 
then you get off Wednesday and you have to fly on Wednesday. And that, and then because you're flying midweek, you want to stay till Sunday. And it is a LAX, every airport is a nightmare on the Wednesday of Thanksgiving week and the Saturday and sun, sat, late Saturday, early Sunday of Thanksgiving week. It is terrible. It is a nightmare to travel. The food isn't great. I don't get why we have to do this twice in a month. The whole <laughs> thing is super overrated. Don't like it. I'm a, you know, we, we, we had this discussion last time. I, I am a Thanksgiving fan. Uh, it's, a, it's a big holiday for us. It's a big holiday for my family. My mom always makes like a million things. And, and it's like, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just a big deal for our family. That said, that said, in, in the last four years, I would say something has changed. And, and it's something that is completely, we've actually discussed it in, in a different time. One of the things I loved about Thanksgiving was that you would watch the Cowboys and the Lions for no reason whatsoever other than it was Thanksgiving. Right. Like you would never, like I would never, I mean the Cowboys you sort of have to. I'd never watch the Lions, ever. There'd be no reason for me to ever watch the Lions. But on Thanksgiving, like that's kind of, and I actually watch, that's usually the early game, I guess. Um, so the Lions like are the big deal. So like sitting down, you know, your family's there, you have kids, it's kind of cool and just sit down and, and you have permission. Like you have total family permission to watch because you're not going to do anything helpful anyway. So you can sort of watch the the football game and, and, and kind of hang out. And I, I kind of like that. I just kind of like that whole rhythm of it. That's gone. That's gone now because now football's on every day of the week and every right. day. It's, it's, so that's the gone. one so, thing that was kind of cool and special about about Thanksgiving, and now it's just every Thursday and every Monday and every Sunday night. I mean, just that stinks too. It does stink. That part stinks. I noticed that this year at Thanksgiving. I noticed that, like, oh yeah, now I'm supposed to watch the Lions. I don't want to watch the Lions. I don't. There's no. I could just do work or something. I mean, it, it didn't feel as special. I, it's still like for us, it's family thing. It's it's whatever. Uh, I don't hate it the way you do. Um, but I will concede the food is not, you know, now what do you think of the people that go for the alternate like food items on Thanksgiving? Like, I guess that's a, that's kind of become more and more of a thing. Like where you just kind of like, there's some sort of Italian Thanksgiving you're supposed to be able to do now. Or like, how do you feel about that? Hey man, whatever works. Like the, the regular meal is boring. So go crazy. <laughs> Make pizza. I don't care. Like I, I this year we, our, we took our kids on a vacation for we were gone for uh, Thanksgiving. I didn't even think about ordering a, the Thanksgiving version of. It. I had I had I think I had like a, I had like penne pasta or something. Mozzarella. Like <laughs> the food is. Would you good. ever? Would you ever eat turkey like any other day of the year? Uh, I mean, like in a sandwich, sure. Yeah, well, of okay. course. Yeah, I just but turkey turkey's famously has no taste, right? That's right. the famous thing about turkey. It's like a, it's the least flavorful of every meat on earth. It really <laughs> is. Like, what is a less flavorful meat? Certainly, every red meat has more flavor. Chicken nuggets right. has more flavor. Sure. That's why it's so crazy. It's like it's just like a. It's basically like a paste that you have to put gravy on to make it taste good. It's like, well, what are we doing? Why do Why are we doing this? Why do we eat better food? <sighs> Thanksgiving is about turkey that's like a paste. 
that yeah. you have to put gravy on. It's just right. material. It's like vodka. It doesn't. No one drinks straight vodka. You drink vodka with at least a twist or like a kind of a fruit juice to give it flavor because it itself has no flavor. That's what turkey is. All right, I'm going to go with my fourth pick. Um, my fourth pick is cheesecake, and again, this is I'm not in any way. Uh, telling anybody else not to love cheesecake. Love it all you want. Love it be, People who eat cheesecake look so happy eating cheesecake. They just look like, oh, just the, the, their looks on their faces, just like, oh, this is like the most delicious thing I've ever had. Uh, wh- whenever I have gone, which has not been that often, but whenever I have gone to the Cheesecake Factory, they bring out that menu that is like 17,000 pages long. <clears throat> and like the last... 10,000 pages are different flavored cheesecakes and people I have gone to the restaurant with will spend like an hour trying because they don't want to get it wrong. They're so excited about like, oh, well, what, do I want the chocolate or the chocolate swirl? Or the, you know, they love cheesecake. And I'm a cake guy. I love cake. I love sweets. Ew, cheesecake just does nothing for me at all. And, and I... I feel like I'm missing out, but I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I just, it's, it's like kind of gross and it's cheese. I don't even like the idea that <laughs> I put cheese. I like cheese. It's fun. I don't want cheesecake. It's gross. And I don't like the idea of it and I don't like the taste of it. And, and no, I do, It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me, but that's I'm, me. That's me. I'm going to say this and I, I think it makes perfect sense. Ready? Yeah. Cheesecake is the Wilco of desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I've I, not had people try to push cheesecake on me the way they've tried to push Wilco on me. Although oh, I have okay, had people... Okay, okay. I, 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 I have had people. I have had people say, oh, you have to try a bite. I've had that. Right. Which I don't like. Now, are you a... You, okay, it's a total separate thing. Are you a sharer? When you go eat somewhere... Do you share? Do you enjoy sharing? Oh, that looks good. I'd like a little bit off your plate. Can you have a little off my plate? I uh, I, I, I don't have a, a, a massive aversion to it the way some people oh, do. I yeah, say. I don't like it. I don't uh, like you it. don't like it? No, uh, I mean, if I wanted that, I would have ordered it. That's how I feel about it. Um, Brandon McCarthy, friend, friend of the podcast, Brandon McCarthy. Wonderful man. One of the uh, craziest food things I've ever seen in my life. I hope I'm not okay. telling you about the school. We went out to dinner. My wife and I went out to dinner with him and his lovely wife, Amanda. And we got, we got to the point where dessert was being ordered and like a weird pall fell over the table. And Amanda turned to us and said, there's something that you need to know. And she said this in the tone of voice that people say, <laughs> use when they're about to say like, we're both dying. <laughs> like that was that was like we have we each have one week to live because we have contracted a rare uh, South American virus. That's that was the like tone of her of her voice. And what she said was Brandon has a Brandon has this thing where he doesn't share dessert. And <laughs> he he feels very strongly about it. It's not a it's not not a funny joke. It's not a like. I'm going to say this and then you guys are like do a funny joke where you like reach over and grab a spoonful of his like, you know, flan or whatever. He will not. He, he can't. He can't share dessert. And I and I was like, what? We were laughing really hard. 
And I was like, why? I don't understand why you're saying this. Brandon's right there. Why are you saying this and not Brandon? And she was like, because he has a hard time expressing it in a way that people truly understand how serious this is. And so if you want a dessert, you just have to order your own dessert. And he's very sorry. And he understands how insane this is. But this is the situation. And then I was like, okay, the rest of this dinner is us trying to unpack this and figure out why, what happened to you as a child that led to this situation. And that's what we, we then talked about it for 45 minutes. And he was more than happy to talk about it. it was like, I don't know. I, it's not like, a, it's not for this reason. It's not for that reason, whatever. But it was, it was one of the most serious conversations. It was like, it was the tone of voice that like my my parents used when they told us as kids they were getting a divorce. That's how that's how like serious and intense it was. And it was about how Brandon McCarthy doesn't like to share desserts. Wow. I, think I seriously think about it like I think about it once a, every 2 weeks, I would say. I, I like I remember like where I was and and how I felt. <laughs> That might be the single greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. I'm just yeah. going to just say, and look, and I say this as someone who does not share. Everybody knows that. Everybody in my family knows. I mean, look, I don't, it's, I, I will say people eat off my plate all the time, like in my family, like not strangers, you know, sure. fortunately. Uh, but my wife will be, oh, that looks good. They'll eat, I don't care about that. I just don't want any of their stuff at all. And I don't want them offering it to me because I'm not sharing. And, and so that bothers me, but I would say I could get over it pretty quickly in a way that apparently Brandon McCarthy cannot. I think that's totally fair. I, I don't begrudge <laughs> you or Brandon your particular food-related thing. Like, well, that's, that's fun. That's weird, I, though. That's weird. That's a little weird. <laughs> when you were Brandon. I, God bless Brandon. Look, Brandon's a wonderful soul, and his wife is wonderful. They're both terrific, but that's bizarre. <laughs> would you not agree? That is... That's, well, like I said, it's all I ever wanted to talk about from that point on. It's all I, like I, I'm, I think in every podcast from here on in, that's our only topic. Why <laughs> won't Brandon McCarthy share dessert? All right. So your fourth pick was uh, cheesecake. Mine is champagne. Cheesecake. Mine is, yes. uh, my fourth pick is champagne. Champagne is utterly pointless. Uh, <laughs> it, it tastes disgusting. It smells disgusting. It's incredibly pretentious. Uh, I believe I brought this up when we did this the first time. A $5 bottle of champagne and a $25,000 bottle of champagne taste exactly the same. There's literally no difference. I, I, it has one purpose at, at, at all, which is to have a moment of celebration because the cork under very high pressure pops out and then everything fizzes everywhere. It's a beverage that is better spilled on the ground than drunk. That's all you need to know about champagne. It is serving its purpose more when it is spilling out of the bottle onto the ground than if someone is actually drinking it. I also have this huge problem with champagne, which is if you, let's say you have an anniversary, right? And right. you and your wife go to a hotel room. Some friend of yours is going to do a very nice thing for you, which is they're going to send you a bottle of what, Joe? Champagne. They're champagne? A bottle of champagne to your room with a little note that says, happy anniversary, so happy for you guys, 10 years, 15 years, blah, blah, blah. That is a terrible gift. <laughs> a bottle of champagne is a terrible gift because, first of all, it's an acquired taste and a lot of people don't like champagne, like me. Right. But second of all, even if you do like it, when you open the bottle, you have to drink the whole thing <laughs> or it goes bad. 
you have about 30 minutes to drink that entire bottle or it becomes undrinkable. It's not like wine where you can have a glass and then cork it and then have another glass the next night. Your, that bottle of champagne becomes utterly pointless about 30 minutes after you open it. It's, it's flat and disgusting. That's a terrible gift. The concept of celebrating important events, except for like World Series victories, champagne needs to be replaced with something else. Like I think most people would be way happier getting a bottle of wine in that right. scenario or like at a dinner party or at a like on New Year's Eve even. You'd way rather – if you have a New Year's Eve party in your house and you invite 10 people over, 10 people bring you 10 bottles of champagne and there's no use for it. You're going to open one of those bottles and pour a small amount of champagne in everyone's glass. Everybody will take one sip because they feel like they have to and then the rest of it is you're going to throw it away or really what you're going to do is you're going to put it in your fridge and then the next time someone has a birthday or something, you're going to bring it to their house to get rid of it because no one likes it. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on champagne. The only thing that's cool about champagne, literally the only thing that's cool about champagne, is the cork popping. Like, that's right. kind of cool. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah. That's, the only, that's the only thing it's good for is popping the cork. Right. So that's fun. But I'll say, like, even that, like, you go into a into a winning locker room after the World Series, the place smells disgusting. Okay, yes, it's, it's disgusting. It's gross. And it gets in your suit, you know, they're pouring it on you, and, you know, you're just, and that suit is ruined, all right? I mean, it, it's gross. Um, and by the way, the, the popping cork thing, you only get to do that once. That's it. It's not, not like you could put the cork back in and then, like, shake it up and do it again. That's it. It's a, it's a one-bottle trick. That's it. Um, not worth it. Totally not, not worth, worth it. it. I'm totally with you. Champagne. Totally not worth it. Not great. All right. My fifth pick last time uh, was uh, Sunny Days. Four years ago, my pick was Sunny Days, and and it was it was it was very very close for me. I had two choices, very very similar uh, amount of uh, sort of everybody loves it, but I don't. Uh, I chose. I ended up using Sunny Days, which I still feel the same way about. Which is everybody like to me a cloudy day or even like a partially sunny day is like way better. Than a, than a sunny day. Like, I don't like being out when, like, the sun is beating down on you like that. I don't get why people do like that. I totally prefer shade. I totally prefer, like, like the cloud. Like my favorite moment when I was, like, playing baseball, like, as a kid, was not standing out there and, like, under the sun. It's when, like, one cloud came and, like, gave us a little bit of cover. Right. Like, that was, like, such a great moment. Like, oh, this is great. Sun is behind a cloud. Uh, so I totally prefer cloudy days to sunny days, but I'm going to change my pick because uh, because my other pick has become so much more prominent. Uh, my other pick was zombies. I thoroughly, thoroughly despise every single thing there is about zombies. <laughs> like thoroughly hate. I don't. I'm not afraid of zombies. They're stupid. They're pointless. Again, much like the Wilco thing, I've got people jamming that stupid Walking Dead. I will never watch Walking Dead ever. Don't care. Don't care. I don't. And, and then I have people tell me it's not really about zombies. No, it's about zombies. Don't tell me it's not about zombies. I don't like them. I don't get them. They're they're stupid. The concept that people are coming back as zombies is stupid. Everything that they've done to like. Throw, oh, it's funny when you throw zombies into like, like 
other things like oh now now they're a zombie hunter or whatever or zombie that hate it hate every single thing about zombies uh that is my, probably my strongest that is my convertible that is my strongest feeling because uh. we are living in a country that adores zombies and i never feel less american than when i realize how much i hate every aspect of the zombie story I don't like it. I don't care about it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't scare me. It's stupid. Hate zombies. Uh, I uh, I can't argue with you, man. I, uh, <laughs> I I have no interest. I, I I don't hate them. I just am right. I just don't care. Uninterested in them as a concept. Yes. And you do here because it's like uh, you know you do constantly hear. Well, there, it's a metaphor for this. It's a symbol of this. It's not really about zombies. It's about this. It, you're right, though. It's like at the end of the day, I'm still watching zombies, man. Like I, <laughs> I don't really tell you, I'm watching them walk around and they're trying to eat people's brains. And I'm, I'm bored. right. I uh, it's it's very interesting because I I was gonna stick with my fifth pick originally was the beach. Uh, yes. And and it was a, it was fun because you would pick sunny days and I picked the beach and it was it ended in this thing where it was like the, the two of us, it was like, this is why we're hosting this podcast together <laughs> because <laughs> ultimately we're two people who both hate the same thing. Uh, but I, I feel like your zombie pick has inspired me. And now I'm going to change my pick to something that I was going to choose originally, which is Superman. I'm going to pick, I'm, I, Superman is so dumb. The f- idea Superman. that Superman holds the place in the American literary canon that it does is Utterly absurd to me. I think Superman, and I'm not kidding, this is not, uh, uh, I'm not being hyperbolic. I think Superman is the single most boring literary <laughs> character I have ever experienced in my life in any genre. And I feel like I can back that up. He is a person who is impossible to defeat at anything, right? Yes. He can fly the fastest, run the fastest, right. he is the strongest. If you shoot a gun at him, it just harmlessly bounces off him. He can lift. He can fly backwards around a planet and make time go backwards. He can sure. fly in outer space. He can go underwater. He can blow out a v- volcano with his l- ice breath. He can. There's no, There's no thing that he can't do at all, except if you have a green rock. Right. <laughs> there's a green rock, and if you have it. He can't do anything. He's literally a baby. So every single Superman story from the beginning of his creation until the present day has been about a person trying to find the green rock to defeat Superman. Every single one. There is no Superman story without the green rock. So they keep rebooting him and they keep casting a different actor to play him. And they keep saying, now we've got the take on Superman and here's what's going to happen. And here's the way you modernize Superman. And here's what's cool. This is based on the Superman series from 1981 to 83. And the reason that's good is because in 1972, Superman was They're Sorry, man. They're all the same. Every story is the same. Do you have the green rock or not? You don't have the green rock. Superman wins. You have the green rock. Superman loses. That is every single. I literally, I this character should have been abandoned by America so long ago, and I understand the origin of it was it came out of World War II, and people were feeling helpless, and the idea of this kind of alien 
who, who fell to a small town in Kansas and who became a kind of upholder of American justice and values and, and who was – it was a kind of fantasy of like defeating your enemies with this kind of righteous, like impossible strength and might. I totally get it. And around 1963, they should have been like, well, we're definitely out of stories for Superman. There's no more stories that we can tell. Every single story is about the Green Rock. So we're going to move on with our lives. And they would have been fine. And like now if you if that had happened and 50 years later, they'd been like, hey, remember that Superman guy? We're going to reboot that thing and see if there, maybe there's like a new way to do it. Fine. But it's been continuously the most important sort of – like fantasy character in the in America continuously with a couple maybe small pauses since the 40s and I don't understand it I every Superman movie and I mean every Superman movie is boring like you can have nostalgia for the Christopher Reeve Superman movies because they're kind of fun and like Neil before Zod and whatever you can nostalgically have fondness for them but they're not good movies you they're really boring they're super boring and they're boring for very obvious reason which is people either have the green rock or they don't and then and by the way forgetting completely about the the like much ballyhooed absurdity of a, a man who looks like that putting on glasses and wearing a suit and no one knows it's Superman. <laughs> i mean that that was dumb immediately and remained dumb forever that's never not been dumb and i, I, I the whole thing is utterly mystifying to me I cannot give it an inch of slack. I think Superman is the worst. <laughs> All right, you know I'm a Superman fan. You know, you know this, and 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 I don't disagree with anything that you've just said at all. Every single thing that you've just said is 100 percent true. The reason that I like Superman, and the reason that Superman's later latest incarnation has driven me insane is the only thing about Superman, to me, that is interesting is that he stays good. Like, he doesn't have to be good. He does not have to serve mankind. He does not have to get the bad guys. He does not have to do any of those things. He's Superman. He could do whatever he wants. He could go live in the little, you know, the ice thing. And, and be perfectly happy. He could totally just walk around and become just a billionaire and have people serving him. He could be like president. He could do whatever he wants, but he decides that he is going to be good, that that is the whole point of his life is to, is to protect the planet and be good and, and, and protect the American way of life, whatever that represents. And that to me is cool. That is that is cool. And look, you know Superman's not going to lose, right? So there's no. I'm not looking at it for the drama. You're not looking at it for you know. You hopefully you can come up with some clever way that he gets out of the kryptonite trap he gets put in. But maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Same thing with James Bond and all the other people. There, you know, they're going to win. But the idea that he keeps finding ways to stay cool, to stay good. The fact that he is unwilling to accept uh, trade-offs, that he is not going to sacrifice, you know, this person to save a hundred other people, that he is always going to try to do the good thing that saves everybody. 
I just think that's kind of cool. I just think that's a cool thing to aspire to, and it's a cool thing to watch. Um, none of these things are true of Superman in the last 15 years, which is why I've lost all interest in Superman. But that was what always interested me as a kid, was that Superman could be, he doesn't have to be good. He really doesn't. He, he's, he's Superman. He could do whatever he wants, but he, he decides that he is going to be good because, uh, because he likes it. So that's my only defense of Superman. But the, like, there's just no nuance. He's the least nuanced character. No, he's not nuanced. No, in fact, whenever they try to put nuances to Superman, I hate it. That, that, he, he's not supposed. He's a, he's a total nerd. That you know, look, I I get a huge kick out of the the clumsy Clark Kent thing, and and you know, you it, of course it's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid, but I don't care. It's it's fine. It's Americana. I don't have a problem with that. And I don't really think that there is an interesting Superman movie to be made. I cannot possibly describe how much I hated that Batman Superman thing. There, there's no, I've written about it and I still have not exposed all my anger about that stupid thing. I don't, I don't want to see another Superman movie. I, I don't think there's anything left to explore there. Um, but I still find the Superman deciding to be good is, is kind of a cool plot. And I like when the, 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 you know, when he gets tested, like that was Superman two, uh, the Christopher Reeve one, like he was going to give it all up for her. Like I thought that was that was kind of interesting. That wasn't really about whether he was going to win or lose. It was sort of like, hey, I, this is a choice I've got to make, and he made the wrong choice uh, to go with her because Lois Lane is the worst. I don't even want to get started on Lois Lane. Um, At some point in that movie, did somebody have the green rock? <laughs> no, but that's because the other guys were also from Krypton, so that's why they all fought. Oh, so yeah, that's another way you can do it is bring another Kryptonian. They couldn't use the Green Rock because they were all—they would all have been defeated by the Green Rock. I'll tell you why I understand about Superman. I follow the storyline, unlike that Lord of the Rings thing. I—I I get it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just simplistic. That could very well be it. The story—the storylines of Superman. The the main argument you've made for Superman is that the storylines are easily followed. <laughs> that's not actually my main. My main argument is that he's good. The the storylines. Kind of same thing about Batman, isn't it? More interesting. No, because Batman is not good. Why? Batman is not good. Batman is always tempted by the dark side. Like Batman is always like teetering. One bad move or Batman, and Batman's a bad guy. Look, but Batman that, was trying to kill is that Superman. A more interesting character than a guy who's never tempted. I don't look to comics for interesting characters. Like maybe that's maybe that's where I go. I mean, I just I. I look at that. I want fun. I want that's. I, if if there's anything that I feel has been lost is that that's what I liked about the Avengers, like the movie. Like I'm not a big, huge comic book guy. We've we've already embarrassed ourselves by drafting superheroes. Um, but I love the Avengers. It was just fun. That's all I want. That's what Superman is. Superman is fun. Batman's not fun. Batman. There's nothing fun at all about Batman. I don't think it's possible to be fun in the way you're describing when the character is so so just like he's just so basic he's the most basic he's just like a big <laughs> glimmering shiny good thing with no nuance like i that's not fun to me that's boring that's like a, it's like saying it's like saying the i don't know it's like saying the statue of liberty is fun it's not fun it's a it's a it's like a symbol of something that's Nice oh, the Statue of Liberty is fun. When David Copperfield made that thing disappear, fun. 
Yeah. Total you should, fun. You should make All right, by the way, I, you have to do like your one minute thing on the beach because the, because that was really how we ended it last time was me sort of ripping the sun, which thank you, and you totally ripping the beach. The beach is garbage. The beach is nonsense. <laughs> Everything at the beach is trying to kill you. And I'm not kidding. The sun is trying to kill you. The sun wants to kill you. The water is not nice. The water, if you go into the water, it's literally trying to drag you out. The purpose of waves is to drag things out into the ocean. There's also creatures and animals who live in there who don't, who will like sting you and bite you. If they come, if they, if you come close to them, their mission is to sting you and bite you. The sand gets, the sand isn't trying to kill you necessarily, but the sand has another goal, which is to infect every surface of your body and your car and your stuff forever. Like you will find sand. If you go to the beach, you will find sand some in some shoe or in some af- place in your car six months later. And you'll oh, be yeah. like, oh, God, that one trip to the beach. Six months later, I'm still finding sand everywhere. You have to lather yourself with, with sunscreen in order to keep the sun from murdering you. It get they then it gets sticky and awful and you oh invariably miss a spot and you're sweaty and it's terrible and it's crowded and it's loud and it's it's just awful. There there's nothing that you can do at the beach that you can't do at a at a pool that right. is way nicer at a pool. And if you're gonna go to the beach, you should just find a public pool or go to someone who has a pool, go to their house, and you will have a way nicer time. And and the and the kind of myth of the, the like old timey American myth of the beach is is completely uh, phony. It does not exist. That that kind of like that kind of like Americana. It's the same thing as convertibles. It's very very similar. Sure. The kind of like nineteen sixties like beach blanket bingo or whatever that <laughs> universe that does not exist. The practical realities of going to a beach are, are is, it's a nightmare. By the way, could sand be hotter? Is that possible for sand? Like awful. when you're walking on sand in the middle of the day, could that be a little warmer on your feet there? Maybe it's just awful. It's awful. It's too hot, and also, and it gets it, it, like you you try to wash it off your feet. Why? It's just you have to walk <laughs> back to your towel, and it's gonna get back on your. It's like it's a, it's a crazy trap. The beach is like an insane trap that you that will defeat you. Like you will leave the beach miserable. <laughs> now, do you do do you do you find you have to go to the beach, or or have you? convinced all family members that my uh, wife is constantly kind of giving me the business for not i mean it's like it is the kids do like it you know like they do they do like the beach sand castles you buying sand castles no sand castles are nothing and like <laughs> the only like it would dig a hole and bury someone why 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 are we doing this it's just it's like I don't know. I, I I do get a little bit of grief for not going to the beach. I do live in a place where I'm within 20 miles of like, you know, 18 of the nicest beaches in America <laughs> are so close to me. I, I feel bad. I hate hot weather. I hate sunny days. Yep. I hate the beach. I feel like my position, my literal geographic position on earth should be taken by someone who likes these things more than I do. You should be in Kansas, in the middle of Kansas, while somebody else gets your home. No, I should be in Portland or Seattle. Oh, Portland, or, yeah. The, the gray days, yeah, I like that. Or or like the North, or New England. I should be where I came from, which is obviously where all of this comes from. It's like 
it's just a it's a distaste for things that are alien to me from when I was a kid. That's really well. That's right. Well, Cleveland, we never had sunny days. That was the great thing. It was like it was always cloudy. It was always cloudy or misty or just sort of foggy from pollution. I mean, it didn't matter, but it was always hazy outside. But if but if you did get a sunny day, didn't it feel awesome? No. I guess. I mean, I, look, I'm not. Again, I don't want to sound I like. Literally, I literally thought we had been disconnected. You waited. You waited so long to ask that to say to answer the question. I thought the the recording had stopped. <laughs> I just was. I was trying to think of some positive thing to say about. Look, it's sunny. It's bright. I guess it's fine. I did this. It just look. I, it, here's the thing. Sunny days over like. Hailstorms, yes, totally, totally for that. You know, sunny. I'm not saying sunny days are the worst possible scenario. I'm saying I'd rather have clouds. I'd rather it be at least, you know, partly cloudy, just a little bit of of cloud cover. I don't need the sun. I just don't I need that kind. The sun of is the sun is evil. The sun is a nightmare. <laughs> it's it, it, the sun is a, a the sun is trying. It wants to hurt you. That's its goal. Its goal is to make flowers grow and hurt humans. <laughs> I don't know if we by the way I think I think Superman gets his power from the sun. Is that true? And yet another reason why the sun stinks. <laughs> no no sun no Superman. <laughs> we pulled off another one. Well, as always, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>